Living a well-balanced lifestyle goes beyond ensuring your finances are in order. Welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara speaks with wellness industry leaders and related professionals to share more than financial planning advice. She addresses your questions about living a healthy lifestyle at any age. Learn how to gracefully maneuver life's challenges with support and resources to guide you along the way. Barbara and the team at Hightower help you make a plan, make an investment, and make a difference in your own wealth and well-being, and in your families, and within your community. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with your host, Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara, how are you? I am terrific, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I learned something new today. With all your credentials, I've heard that you're adding on your business card matchmaker. <laughs> so, something like that. And that has to do with today's guest, correct? It does. All right. Yes. And, and you're talking, you're focusing on eye health today. So I'm assuming we have somebody who's much smarter than me in the room today. Well, probably smarter than both of us put together. But All right. <laughs> that's fair. She's a good friend. So I believe that's true. <laughs> All right. So who'd you bring in? I have Dr. Nancy Holcamp with us today. And I would ask our audience if they're having trouble seeing or if they have dry eyes, if they're wondering if everyone gets cataracts or if sunglasses or vitamins are helpful for healthy eyes, we're going to address all these today. All right. And the matchmaker part too, right? The matchmaker part. Actually, <laughs> I intro introduced Nancy and her husband, and they're the third couple that I've introduced. So it's kind of <laughs> That's fun. fantastic. Nancy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear what you guys are talking about today. Barbara, take it away. Thank you. Well, Dr. Nancy Hellcamp is Director of Retina Services at the Pepos Vision Institute in St. Louis. She was previously Professor of Clinical Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Washington University School of Medicine here in St. Louis, Missouri. Dr. Holcamp received her bachelor degree from Wellesley and her medical degree from John Hopkins School of Medicine, of course, both with top honors. And Dr. Holcamp's internship was in internal medicine and her residency in ophthalmology at the Washington University School of Medicine with fellowship training that followed in vitreoretinal surgery. Hope I said that right, Nancy. Dr. Holcamp is actively involved in clinical research having been principal investigator or sub-investigator in over 35 national clinical trials dealing with age-related macular degeneration, retinal vascular occlusion, and diabetic retinopathy. Her efforts in research have resulted in 80 peer-reviewed publication, 22 book chapters, and more than 120 speaking invitations, both nationally and internationally. She is a member of the major subspecialty societies, including the Retina Society and Macula Society. She acts as a reviewer for all the major ophthalmology journals and as a consultant to numerous ophthalmic pharmaceutical companies and sits on the American Academy of Ophthalmology Ethics Committee. Welcome, Dr. Nancy Holcamp. So Nancy, as a friend, I have learned many things from you about eye health, but I'm going to ask you, first of all, how did you choose that specialty? Well, Barbara, first, I'd like to say I'm so excited to be on your podcast today, and you're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is eye health. So I hope that all your listeners will glean some news you can use about <laughs> 
their eyes and eye health in general. So first of all, really happy to be here today. And secondly, to answer your question, how did I choose my specialty? I have great mentors. And I think that's how we all choose our path in life. And when I was a student at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, um, my mentor was a retina specialist by the name of Stuart Fine, and he was a nationally known clinical trialist. And so I guess there's no surprise that my career has taken the path that it has. That's wonderful. Well, I know you have so much information that you can share with us today. And since we're a short podcast, I'm going to get started with starting with something we all want to know, and that is why do most of us need glasses after the age of 40? Well, Barbara, I can tell you that I'm an identical twin. And when I called her on my 40th birthday to say happy birthday to you too, we both said, is it like someone flipped a switch? We suddenly <laughs> needed reading glasses. So it happens to everybody. It's part of normal aging of the crystalline lens in your eye. And this is why it happens. When you're a baby, that crystalline lens is like a liquid crystal and it can easily deform. It rounds up like a ball so that you can see close and then it flattens out like a pancake so you can see at a distance and can, kids can go back and forth from distance to near vision very, very easily. It's a concept called accommodation. But then as life goes on, that liquid crystal starts to get hard and it can no longer bounce back and forth between distance vision and near vision because it's there are these tiny muscles called ciliary muscles. They don't get weaker. The lens gets harder. Mm -hmm. And so you can't have your lens round up like a ball to see up close anymore. So around age 40, you need some weak readers, or we call them cheaters, <laughs> um, but the weak ones, they're called like a plus one or a plus 1.25. And I recommend everybody just get them at CVS, Walgreens, or your local <laughs> drugstore. No need to spend a lot of money on these glasses. Right. And put them everywhere. 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 Kitchen, your purse, the car. But then right. when you get to be about 50, the, your lens is getting even harder. And you now need a plus two or a plus 2.25. And then by the time you're in your 60s or 70s, sometimes for the up-close vision, you need a plus three or something like that. So, or, or bifocals. Right. So <laughs> if you need distance correction, they'll put this reading segment at the lower part of your glasses. And as Barbara said, that's a bifocal. So it happens to the best of us. It's just all part of normal aging. It's not a disease. It's not a problem. It's just normal aging of the crystalline lens inside your eye. Well, thank you. So talking about normal aging, I'm going to have to ask, does everyone get cataracts? Short answer is yes. Oh. If you live long enough. Okay. So That's a good thing. I have patients who say, gee, cataracts run in my family. And I say, cataracts run in every family. <laughs> okay. So here's what causes cataracts. I, I actually spent 10 years doing research on this very subject. I did it with uh, PhD researchers down at the Washington University School of Medicine, and we rewrote the textbooks. Oh. So you heard it here first. Yay. Um, breathing causes cataracts. <laughs> The breathing. price, yes, the price you pay for taking a breath every day of your life is that a little bit of that oxygen is going to work its way to the crystalline clear lens in your eye 
and cause it to oxidize. It's rusting, mm. just like iron rusts or a cut apple turns brown sitting on the kitchen counter. And your lens is actually turning yellow, yellowish brown, and then brown. And that's a process that occurs in everybody, but there are some natural antioxidants that we each have and within our own body, and those are predetermined by our genes. So if you have really good genes, maybe you're not going to need cataract surgery till your 80s. But if you don't have such good antioxidants internally in your body, maybe in the 60s. But I'll tell you, most people have cataract surgery at some point in their 70s. Oh, that's interesting. I've already had mine and it was magical. I can tell you it was one of the best things that ever happened. Everything was so much more bright and clear and colors were fabulous. So I, I would tell anyone out there that's contemplating cataract surgery, when you're ready, embrace it. <laughs> well, Barbara, I have something to add to that. So you sound like the perfect person to have cataract surgery because your vision was blurry and the colors weren't good. Right. So we don't ever take out cataracts because you have them. We take out cataracts because you have them and they're bothering you. So mm -hmm. don't take out your cataract because the cataract surgeon says you need cataract surgeon. Have your cataracts taken out because you're going to the cataract surgeon saying, wow, I really need these out. I'm really mm -hmm. struggling. And then you'll have that miraculous event similar to what you described. Well, thank you. And it was magical. So I have a question too about floaters we sometimes see. Is that normal? I, you know, I don't know. How does someone know between that or a retinal detachment or when are we in trouble? What, what are those things? Well, Barbara, after 10 years of training as a retina specialist, I am the floater expert. That's oh, what I great. do all day long because everyone's going to get floaters too. It's part of normal aging of the vitreous gel. Um, let me just describe it this way. When you're a baby, the vitreous gel is 100% gel. That's why we call it the vitreous gel. And it's optically clear. Kids never have floaters. Around mm. age 10 or 11, that gel starts to liquefy until you get to be about in your mid-60s, mid to late 60s. The gel is so liquid that it starts sloshing around inside your eye, kind of like jello sitting on a kitchen counter. <laughs> that gel is adherent to the retina everywhere in its surface like Velcro. And if you look to the left, the gel is going to pull away from the retina. It's going to pull some of that surface tissue off the retina, and suddenly you have more floaters than you've ever seen before. At that mm. moment, you need to call your eye doctor because no one knows without an exam if those floaters are normal aging or the first sign of a retinal tear or a retinal detachment. So mm. patients will call me and they'll say, I just got a whole bunch of new floaters. Should I be worried? And I'll say, I can't tell over the phone. You have to come in and you have to be examined. Um, Does a I, retinal detachment, is there any pain involved? I mean, would someone recognize that they have a problem from pain? Great question. No pain. And they come out of the blue. And the first signal is flashes followed by a burst of floaters you've never seen before. So <sighs> just to clarify for your audience, Everyone is that vitreous gel is liquefying, might see a floater or two. They might have a flash or two. 
That's normal. But one day when you have an explosion of floaters and it can look like someone shook pepper in your eye, those are individual red blood cells. And that's a sure sign that the retina has torn because when the retina tears, it bleeds. Or floaters could be like a new big cobweb or, or a clump of, of uh, hair that you feel is um, blurring your vision. You go to swipe it out of the way and you realize it's inside your eye. That's when you need to call your eye doctor. So Nancy, was that what happened just 10 minutes before we started the podcast? You had yes. someone with a retinal tear? <laughs> And it comes out of the blue. You know, Barbara, I, we had to put this on hold because this is an emergency Absolutely. and has to be evaluated right away because if your doctor catches a tear in the office, it's a quick five-minute office fix. But if we miss a tear and you go on to get a retinal detachment, it's a very serious sight-threatening event that generally can only be fixed in the operating room. You get a bubble in your eye. You can't find an airplane. You have to be face down. It takes wow. three months to heal from. So the fine line between having a tear, which is a quick, easy fix, and having that tear go on to a detachment is a really big deal. So we'd like to see everybody at the tear stage. Oh, well, that's interesting because Eric and I were like a 10-minute delay. Wow. You know, that, we were so impressed that you could address it so quickly. So thank you. We need to be aware of that. That's a really important one. And then uh, can you explain dry eyes? It seems like women experience that more than men. Is that true? Boy, do we ever. In hmm. fact, just about all women over the age of 50 have dry eyes and men do too, but there's something about androgens that protect them just a little bit more from what's really bothersome, painful condition. A lot of women over the age of 50 complain that their eyes, every time they blink, feels like dry sandpaper, mm -hmm. or their eyes actually hurt, or their eyes are red. And that's because the surface of the eye is dry. And we're producing insufficient tears to keep it moist or, or lubricated. And, you know, everything kind of dries out with age. So mm -hmm. this is a global health problem. And the best thing, the first line of defense is to buy those artificial tears that you see over the counter and they're not a medicine. So you can just buy them yourself and you can use them whenever you want. And I can tell you that uh, two things. Number one, that the relief is tr transient. So you have to use them throughout the day whenever your eyes feel dry or irritated. That happens a lot with computer use, and we're all staring at computers. So just keep a bottle of them right by your computer. The second thing I'll tell you is that there's like 18 different brands out there. They're all the same. Buy whatever <laughs> on sale and just use them frequently. Thank you. So you don't have to buy the real expensive ones. That's good to know. Thank you. So I've got another. This is a personal issue that had come up. My grandmother had glaucoma and I have a younger brother that uses drops every day because he has blood, uh, some kind of pressure problems in his eyes. Is that glaucoma? Is that a pressure issue? 
Yes, it is. And it is a personal issue for you because it runs in families. We're learning more and more about the genetics of glaucoma all the time. It's a complex inherited disease, which means it's not like blonde hair or blue eyes, but it's where a lot of different genes come together to create risk so that we know that it very strongly runs in families. Now, glaucoma is not a disease that's very common in people in their 40s or 50s, becomes a little more common in people in their 60s, even more common in your 70s. By the time you're in your 80s or 90s, it's like 10 to 11% of the population will have glaucoma. So it's an age-related disease. So the fact that your grandmother has it is not really surprising, but the fact that your brother has a high eye pressure is what I want to talk about next. Great. Because glaucoma is difficult to diagnose. There's no single test that says someone has glaucoma. And you can have glaucoma and not even know it because it takes away your peripheral vision very, very slowly over many, many years, even decades. And it's so gradual, it's like turning gray. You don't even realize that that's happening until if glaucoma gets to be very advanced, you're left with central islands of vision, which is like looking through two straws to see the whole world. So it's a very serious disease. And any vision you lose from glaucoma, you don't get back. So I'm really glad that your brother is seeing an ophthalmologist and being treated and being monitored. But that's fascinating. So it's not fixable. No, and any vision you lose from glaucoma, you never get back. So it's so important to be under a doctor's care if it runs in your family or if you have a high eye pressure, because it's thought that glaucoma is where a high eye pressure damages the optic nerve that then takes away your peripheral vision. And those things Mm. have to be monitored by an eye doctor. Well, thank you. And I think I might have interrupted you. Were you going to add something else to that? No, but I hope you're getting your eyes checked, Barbara, because uh, of your family history. And in fact, the American Academy of Ophthalmology recommends that everyone over the age of 50 have a yearly comprehensive eye exam, because that's when all the age-related diseases show up. Well, it's a good thing I do that every year, because I really am sensitive to that. And so I'll just throw in one other thing. My mother has macular degeneration. So what about that issue? Well, Barbara, I'm, you don't have very good genes in your family. I'm hearing about glaucoma and macular degeneration. So yeah. it's all on my mother's side. I take after my dad more. So it could be, it could work out for you then. But I will say that as a retina specialist, that is the thing I treat more often Um, than any other condition. Um, Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of legal blindness for people over the age of 65. And the most important thing for your listeners is that it's not part of normal aging. It's not like what we've already talked about. You know, everybody gets a cataract. Everybody has to have reading glasses. But you only get age-related macular degeneration if you have the genetic predisposition. And you don't get it if you die young. You only get it if you live long enough for these genes to create this complex inherited disease. Can you can you 
push it off longer or do anything to keep your sight? So there's no prevention. Okay. Might see that there are vitamins that are recommended for the eyes, particularly for age-related macular degeneration. They don't prevent the disease. Okay. And they may, and this is controversial, they may slow the progression of disease for people who are already at the intermediate or advanced stages of macular degeneration, but they've been shown to have no benefit to people with no macular degeneration or early macular degeneration. So there's no prevention. But if you do have sight-threatening problems from what we call wet macular degeneration, we have great treatments for that. Barbara, have you heard of people getting shots in their eye? I have. It sounds scary. Well, it sounds worse than it actually is. And we do prevent blindness with these injections. It's worth for- it then. It, it is. It is. And we numb up your eye. It actually hurts oh. less than, than getting a shot in the arm, maybe a vaccine or okay. getting blood drawn. It hurts less than that. But the shots aren't magic. They're pharmacology and they have to be given at regular intervals. So you might hear about people who are seeing their retina specialist as often as monthly to get shots in their eyes. But I can tell you, if you keep up with that therapeutic regimen, we are able to protect and preserve vision from this very serious disease. Oh my gosh. So there is an answer to it. You don't have to go blind. That is correct. And to be clear, we talked a little bit about glaucoma. Glaucoma is so serious, it can result in total darkness, total blindness. Macular degeneration, as severe as it gets, never results in total blindness. And I am constantly reassuring people that with macular degeneration, they're never going to wake up blind. What they lose is central vision that we use for reading or driving. And to lose that is terrible because you'll lose your independence. But no one goes completely blind from macular degeneration. Oh, that's good to know too. Yikes. I have to make sure I stay on this forever. I don't want either one, but thank you. (laughs) But so let's talk about true or false. Is this a myth? Is it a reality? So you mentioned vitamins for macular degeneration in the mid to advanced stages. Should we be taking some kind of vitamins for our eyes anyway, or is that a myth? It's a myth. So the answer is no, but they get to advertise vitamins. Their vitamins aren't regulated by the FDA, so they can make all sorts of claims. And you just have to realize that they're trying to sell you vitamins, just like people try to sell you blue jeans or Coca-Cola, but you, there is no vitamin that is necessary for healthy eyes. You can look at it this way. Since the advent of vitamins, we haven't really stamped out any diseases, have we? So... Nobody really needs to take vitamins. We do advocate common sense, which would be a healthy diet, but certainly you don't need vitamins. Very good. Well, what about sunglasses? Do we need sunglasses when we're outside? Will that help delay cataracts? Will it help keep our eyes healthy? Or do we just look cool? Also a myth. The answer is no. Sunglasses are not necessary for eye health. They're really just for comfort. 
And this issue drives me crazy, Barbara. I have to tell you that on the morning talk shows, when they talk about how you should wear your sunglasses, I just want to yell at the TV and say, no, that's a myth. And again, I'll raise the the issue that since the advent of sunglasses, we haven't decreased the incidence of cataracts. We haven't decreased the incidence of any diseases such as glaucoma or macular degeneration. So buy sunglasses, but they're there so that you look cool. You right. do not Fashion need them. Statement. Fashion you do statement. not need them for any eye health concern. What about the UV protection? Is there any advantage to that? No. So your own natural eye has UV protection and UV light really doesn't cause the eye diseases that people thought it did. It's not why we get cataracts. We talked about that. So you don't even really need the UV protection. So we don't have to pay extra when we buy glasses for the UV protection? Correct. Ooh, good to know. Uh, how about looking at computers? I'm looking at them all day long. Is that going to damage my vision? No. And if it did, we'd all be blind. We're spending our <laughs> lives on computers. I will say that we talked about dry eyes a, a while ago. The problem with computers and the reason why we think our eyes get so tired or strained or fatigued is because we're not blinking. And what people are experiencing is dry eyes. And it's really uh. just because you're not drinking while you're mesmerized by this screen. So again, just keep a bottle of artificial tears right next to your computer. So the computer screen doesn't hurt us. Is the blue light filters glasses that are being pushed, is that just another myth? I call it hooey. Hooey. Yes. So you don't need blue light filters either, but someone's making a billion dollars on it. Well, yes, they are. So Nancy, is there anything that I didn't ask you that we should be maybe addressing that you can think of? These are the questions I've had friends, family, our listeners ask. And so these are the common ones that I hear. Other pieces of advice you might want to share? Well, Barbara, I think we've touched on the main things that affect most people and everybody has two eyes. So it's so important to know that reading glasses are normal. Cataracts, if you live long enough, are normal. Floaters can be normal, but need to be checked out. And it's good to talk about these diseases that are so common, such as glaucoma and macular degeneration. Perhaps the only thing we didn't cover is diabetes. If any of your listeners are diabetes, every diabetic patient needs a yearly comprehensive eye exam to look for complications of diabetes. Diabetes is the leading cause of legal blindness for people in this country under the age of 65. So oh every diabetic needs a yearly eye exam. Well, thank you for sharing that because we have all friends, all of us, I'm sure do, have friends with diabetes and we'll make sure we nudge them every now and then just to see if they're taking good care of their eye health as well. So Nancy, as we near the end of our discussion, I'm going to ask you, how do you keep your well in wealthy? Well, I have a lot of hobbies. A lot of doctors do nothing but work all the time. I work hard, play hard. And right now, uh, with this wonderful weather we're having, golf is really helping me keep the well in wealthy. 
Well, that's a terrific way to stay well. And you've beat me every time we've played. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So now that I know that you're going to continue being the aficionado, I may be taking up pickleball. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Nancy, thank you for all your helpful information on helping us maintain healthy eyes. And Eric, I'm going to ask you to jump in here. Were there any other questions you had for my friend? Nancy, it is such a pleasure to meet you. I'm so glad you're on the show. I do have a question. Uh, now, from what I've heard, LASIK uh, surgery does not do anything for you know, replacing reading glasses. You can't, is it true that you can't fix that? Or is there anything on the horizon that's going to help those of us that would rather not have to have the cheetah readers? Eric, you're right. Um, sad, but true. LASIK as wonderful it is, as it is really only corrects you for being in focus at one distance. Um, generally people have LASIK so that they don't have to wear glasses for distance, and then they still have to wear reading glasses. But I will throw out one possibility, and this is really very clever. Hmm. It's called monovision, where you have LASIK so that one eye is set to be clear at a distance, and the other eye is has LASIK to be set to be clear at near. But then you have one eye for distance and one eye for near. You lose a little bit of depth perception, a little bit of stereopsis, I can tell you that I do that intentionally with contact lenses, so I'm not putting readers or cheaters on all the time. But it's it's a choice that can be achieved not only with LASIK and contact lenses, but even cataract surgery. Yes. Uh, Barbara, is that what you did? I did. I have multifocal lenses, and I actually have two different wow. lenses. Yeah, they're great. That's why so, I said I, mine was fabulous. So if you're interested in something like that, have a full discussion with either the optometrist that's doing your contact lenses or the cataract surgeon putting in your cataract lens implants or the LASIK surgeon if you're interested in LASIK. Wow, that is, I've never heard that before. That is astounding. That's, that's crazy. It's almost like bionic vision. I like that. Well, that's why we have Nancy here today. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Again, thank you so much, Nancy, for being here. And Barbara, of course, thank you so much for facilitating this. You just bring on these amazing guests, and I learn so much, and I have a good time. So thank you for that. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Keeping the Well and Wealthy with Barbara Archer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Barbara comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this does actually help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to go out in the world and make a difference. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Wealth Advisors. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Wealth Advisors is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. 
Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.